Welcome to the Diving Pod. I'm Jack Ryan, and I'm a diver at Stanford. And I'm Heath Calhoun. And I'm Aaron Rooney. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Sideline Scout, Poolside Live, by far the best in the business for video replay, a perfect TiVo replacement. Get over to sidelinescout.com. Check out their Poolside Live package at a minimum. Obviously, you can upgrade to the box system, and it does everything, I mean, under the sun for statistics and data and getting you to the next level. So again, sidelinescout.com. But without further ado, here is Jack. All right, Jack. So jumping in here, um, we just kind of like to have our listeners here walk us through your diving journey, how you got to Stanford. If you want to touch on that recruiting part, that's something a lot of our young listeners have been asking about and just how you got to where you are now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, thank you guys so much for having me. Um, I'm, uh, I'm originally from Denver, Colorado, and uh, my first diving experiences were some summer league, uh, like country club, just jumping around. Uh, and then I joined their summer league team um, with Quinn Henninger, actually. So we were on the same team, like started diving at the same age. I think we were both six or seven, maybe. Um, and so I have some great photos of like both of us just like itty bitty babies uh, <laughs> wearing our summer league medals together, uh, which is hilarious. Um, uh, and then I, I think I was around 10 or 11 and I decided that, hey, you know, just doing this in the summer isn't enough for me. You know, I'm hooked. I want to do some more. And so I joined uh, a smaller club team in Denver uh, called Sagebrush Diving, ran by Kevin Sage, and then moved to Mile High, I think when I was around 12, uh, which was also coincidentally right around the same time that Quinn and Clayton both joined as well. So we were all there uh, together from the get-go. Um, and like, I think that the dynamic of all three of us being on that team at the same time and all of us like being pretty good and like growing at the same time, um, like we would show up to regionals and zones and stuff like that. And at any given moment, like any one of us could have ran away with it. Um, and so it made it like super competitive and fun. And like, we pushed each other the whole time. And I definitely attribute a lot of my growth in the sport to those two pushing me and also me pushing them. Awesome. Yeah, so but, I, yeah. I, I actually had a really quick follow-up and then I want you to keep going. So when you were with Quinn, Clayton Chaplin, as you're going through mile high, how was the dynamic, um, between you three specifically was was one guy typically better um consistently did you guys mix and match who took the win and i'm i'm assuming you guys like swept every event you went to but <laughs> yeah. like was there ever any like hard feelings between teammates or was it genuinely like hey we're just so good <laughs> no it wasn't it was never um there's never any like animosity or anything towards um that I had towards either of them and like we would hang out outside of the pool all the time like pretty inseparable I think um and I have to say like pretty early on Quinn kind of established a, a like a level of dominance um which of course like you know if he had you know an off day and Clay and I were both on like you know either of us could beat him um but he he definitely was like he was leading the pack I'd say um which made the chase of you know being hey I'm you know I'm with Clay and like, we're both trying to push this guy or, you know, put some pressure on and make him sweat. Um, you know, I think that made it even better. Mm, um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, but so, I, I remember ahead, like when, Quinn and Clay, I, I would see them learn a dive and uh, immediately I would go up to Jack and Jen and be like, I'm going to take that up today. 
Like you can't <laughs> stop me. I'm, I'm going to do it. Uh, and I think that that was, you know, we all like ran through the diving progressions and, you know, got pike lists and stuff. Like, I think pretty early consider like, you know, considering the, the rest of the diving world. Yeah, that, that's incredible. So if you don't mind, um, Jack, just kind of take us through what the recruiting process looked like for you. Um, was it a, you got a call from Patrick and it was like, yep, this is done. I'm a, like, I know where I'm going. Or did you look at some other schools and how did you decide on Stanford? I mean, I think yeah, we all know uh, Stanford's kind of a big deal. Um, I, I did, I got a text from him and from a couple other coaches. Um, but I know you guys, you had Lindsey Hammer on a while ago. Um, and yeah. so I ran through the same um, kind of recruiting process that Jack and Jen put every athlete through. So I wrote, you know, a list of like 30, 20 schools um, that I would be interested in and went and researched them, found out what, you know, the team was like, who was on them. Uh, you know, obviously I was very focused on schools that were academically intensive. Um, and in high school and even now I'm kind of a academics, like school first kind of guy. Um, and so I, I took four recruiting trips. Um, I went to Cal Berkeley, uh, Michigan, Harvard, and Stanford, and not in that order. I don't remember. Stanford wasn't the last recruiting trip I took, and it made it strange because I remember I, the second I set foot on campus here, um, it was it was a when you know, you know kind of yeah. thing. And like the whole time, I couldn't like get the smile off my face, <laughs> and the, the team that I was hanging out with was awesome, and uh, like the whole like the campus is beautiful. Like I was immediately hooked um, and kind of knew right then and there, even though I had two more trips or maybe one more trip after the fact uh, that Stanford was the place that I wanted to go. Awesome. Awesome. That, that last trip you took after, after Stanford, was that like difficult for you to be there knowing you had an incredible experience at Stanford. That was probably the place for you. And then it was just like, okay, now I have to be nice to this person. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so. It was, um, I was still trying to, you know, I was thinking, Hey, that was really good. Like, let's see if this, this place can, can up that. Um, and I was trying to like stay, you know, very open-minded, um, but Stanford's a hard place to be. So that's, you know, I'll finish with that. Yeah. yeah. Good call. And I had one more uh, recruiting type question. Did you and Quinn and Clay ever stay like in contact during that process? You mentioned you were pretty tight with each other on your mile high diving club team. Was there ever any like, Hey, if you go there, like I might look too. Um, it was, that was actually more like an individual process for everybody. Um, I, I think I kind of knew like Quinn was probably going to go to Indiana. Um, and Clay, I was also like, you know, I don't know where he could, uh, you know, like what exactly he's focusing on, but I think we did compare the list of schools that we had and all of them were pretty similar. Um, just like where we ended up kind of was more like how we as individuals felt like we would fit in best. Uh, and I, I don't think we, there was ever any talk of like, you know, oh, let's like try to go to the same college together. <laughs> That's really cool. I, I kind of love that more than anything so far that you've said is take responsibility for for your own life for early in your life. You know, you mentioned yeah. you were academically inclined and want to focus on that. And I think Stanford is probably second to none in that category and you're kicking ass diving. So that's pretty cool. Um, so take us back to mile high diving or excuse me. Um, my, my first question here, 
what I know you best for is backs and gainers. So you, the way you make them look is just like insanely easy. Do you enjoy them as much as it looks effortless? <laughs> and then I want to know what the secret sauce is at mile high. Cause you know, Quinn and Clay are rocking some good backs and gainers too. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say like most divers, if you ask, uh, could classify themselves as like, oh, I'm a backs and gainers person or I'm a front and inward person, or maybe just I'm, or I'm a front person or a back person. Um, and I, I've always been back and gainer inclined um, where like those dives like came easier to me and I could, you know, I could tip them in the right spot and like feel the, feel the out better. I was better at spotting them. Um, and I'm not sure if, I mean, I love doing them, but I'm not sure if I know exactly what the, what the secret sauce is. Um, and I spent a lot of time uh, freshman year and this year as well uh, on my like low finishing back kickout. So mm -hmm. on the kickouts where you don't have a lot of time to finish the dives, so like a 205C on one meter or a 307 on three, um, where it's kind of like a quick out to extension on the reach. Um, and so we put a lot of emphasis on like getting my legs completely out before reaching my arms back so that you don't pull yourself over. And then also keeping that strong core um, and glute activation so that you don't drop it short. Um, but I think I've always just been more like inclined towards those directions um, and gainer twisters as well, like always were just a little bit easier for me than, than the front twister. So uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what, <laughs> what causes me to, to feel that way, but uh, that's definitely the direction that I enjoy. Well, selfishly, uh, we did a little diver fantasy and I took your gainer on one <laughs> meter and it didn't matter if it was prelims or finals. No, no. I think you, you, had, you definitely like had his 70. back. You oh, definitely had his what? back. Hey, we... either way, yeah. it was a win. It was a W. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Dude, <laughs> diver fantasy, game changer. It was um, so fun. Um, so Jack, just kind of take us back to your time at mile high here. Um, it's clear yeah. that like they're teaching spotting, they're teaching the entries, but what's something you look back and be like, wow, that was a big time strength for that club. And I'm happy I was at that club for it. Yeah. Uh, Jack and Jen really emphasize, um, like completing all of the progressions for a dive before you take it up. So th there was never a time where I felt like I was really like chucking anything, mm -hmm. um, I had done all the preparations, all the feet first buildups. Um, Jack and Jen loved the triple bounce. Um, so I would, you know, triple bounce front gainer uh, back, never did inwards, which, you know, I'm thankful for. Um, but triple bouncing was a big one. We have a great dry land facility, um, the flip school, uh, where we have, we have a foam pit, we have drive boards, we have tramps, we have tramp belts, like any apparatus that you could want to learn a dive on, um, mm -hmm. they have it there. Um, and so we would go through all of the, the, the lead ups, you know, do it feet first on one meter. Um, I think I, there are very few feet first lead ups on one meter that I haven't done. I think I've covered almost all of them. That's um, awesome. And especially when I was, I think it was the summer in between, um, my freshman and sophomore year of high school, I broke my wrist, um, from diving. It was a like stress fracture, repetitive stress injury induced um, mm -hmm. and had to get surgery for it to basically put my wrist back together. And so I was in a waterproof cast, not the surgery couldn't stop me from getting in the pool. Um, 
and I would just do feet first buildups on one meter all practice. Um, and that experience, even though it was disheartening at first to know that I, you know, Hey, I'm probably going to fall behind with my lineups and, you know, Quinn and Claire are going to get better hands than I do. Um, <laughs> it was still, uh, it was, I wouldn't go back and change it. Um, my aerial awareness on feet first stuff and like blind kickouts and blind entries, like really got a whole lot better because of it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Um, so what is it like seeing those guys from your mile high club, Clay, Quinn, what's it like seeing them now in college competing against them and what's kind of the vibe like at a D one level? Oh, it's, it's awesome. Um, I like the, the, the community as a whole at the, the D one level and also like a national, like semifinal final level, uh, like all the guys in the country know each other and, you know, we love chatting it up on the boards or like during the meet. Um, and it's really too bad that I'm on the opposite side of the country from both of those guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think they see a lot more of each other than I see of either of them. Um, uh, you know, they have conference together and dual meets together. Um, but when I do see them at NCAAs or at a, at a U.S. nationals, I mean, it's, it's amazing as well as when we go home and see each other, like we're always hanging out. So that that's incredible. So when you look at this sport, what is your favorite part? What's the part part that brings you the most joy as an athlete? Yeah, I think touching back on what I just said, the, the tight knit community um, and like as someone who's been going to junior Nats and um, other national competitions for a while, like you start seeing the same faces every once in a while, you know, mm -hmm. every time you go there, you see the same face. Um, yeah. and you know, it, it, it's hard not to, to make friends with those guys that you see all the time. And yeah. now, especially at the, at the college level, like, you know, you get some new fresh faces in there with the international students who you haven't seen, or, um, some new freshman that is coming out of the blue and, you know, kicking your butt, <laughs> but, um, uh, it's, it's, it's super fun. Um, and I, yeah, definitely the, the community and, uh, like the friendships that you make through diving are, is my favorite part. Awesome. Great. Yeah, for sure. That's kind of how it is. It seems like at every single level. So, I mean, that's just so cool to hear it, even at the highest division one level. Yeah. Um, what's your mindset during a big competition? Are you relaxed? Do you listen to music? Do you scoreboard watch? Take us in the mind of Jack in the heat of the battle. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I know like there are some guys that are very preferential about what goes on during their competition uh, or you know like they sit by themselves they listen to music they don't talk to anyone they can't watch a scoreboard um you know they're just in their own zone and i am definitely like the furthest away from that, <laughs> that you can get I, I love i love talking to other people while i'm diving or you know just just chatting or uh, or listening to like some pump up music with somebody else like sharing a headphone is great um Nick Harris at, at UT is one of my like go-to guys where if we're at a meet together, uh, like we always sit next to each other and talk to each other. Um, I think early on when I was competing, that was more challenging for me um, just because like you need to kind of figure out what everyone else's preferences are for that kind of thing. So like, I'm not going to go and ask someone who really enjoys spending time by themselves and like chilling out in their own zone to come and like chat with me while we compete. Cause like, even though I may, perform better in that scenario 
there thinking like, oh man, how do I get away from this guy? So <laughs> that that was definitely like Aaron and I. Like I feel like yeah. I just like vividly remember like <laughs> we dude, we would be like in finals. Like it's like, oh, we have to, you know, battle this out. And we would like watch someone go before us and we would like smack each other. We're like, did you just see what he did? <laughs> or like like we've talked about this before, but like his old teammate Tyler was doing reverse three and a half and he absolutely demolished himself in practice. And then oh. in finals, he's like, yeah, I'm doing reverse three and a half in the meet. We were like, lost it. But yeah, like, oh my that's inc- it makes us just smile whenever we meet someone like yourself. And it's like, yeah, I can relate to that. There's not a lot of things hey. we can relate to. And that's one of them. Well, and one thing I noticed, Jack, and fill me in if you can, if you can't, that's okay. Um, but I did notice you have a little, like a chamois toss ritual with Patrick, like just before you go up to the dive. <laughs> like, what's that about? Yeah, that's uh that actually like kind of happened organically. We didn't, we didn't plan on that happening. Um, but I do, uh, I do a model for, mm-hmm. for Pat right before every dive. Um, and so while I'm doing the model, it's, it's, you know, it's a multitask kind of job to have a chamois in your hand or on your shoulder while you're doing it. And so I started just like handing him my chamois. And then I think just one time he like threw it at me <laughs> yeah. of handing it back, and I, I bounced it off of my chest and and caught it and he, we've been doing it every single dive ever since and so that's yeah it, there wasn't that wasn't a planned thing that happened it just kind of it sprouted but now we you know we can't stop so it's it's actually super sick i mean it's almost like a like a secret handshake that like you said must have happened organically and it's really fun to watch because like both of you are in the zone and it's like okay now go do your thing you're good it's i love it yeah exactly yeah yeah awesome so so speaking of patrick you know one, what do you, what is it that you like about your coach so much? And then give us your favorite Patrick Jeffrey story that you can share with us. Yeah, definitely. Um, Pat's awesome. He, uh, he's, he's very knowledgeable about diving and not just in the sense that he understands how the sport works like mechanically, but also he has the high level meat experience that I think a lot of other coaches may not have. Like he understands what it's like to be in an NCAA final, like high pressure moment, or even like at an Olympic trial or in the Olympics, like he knows what it's like to be in those events and how Mm -hmm. to manage um, your thought process and what you're thinking about your mental state, Um, you know, move on from the dive you just missed because you got three more to go. Um, But he, he, he has the experience to back up what he's saying. Um, And so that like, adds that level of like, oh, he's been here. He's done it before mm-hmm. um, to every correction that he gives me. Um, I also like him because we, we have the same sense of like dumb dad humor. Um, and so <laughs> we're always like making each other laugh. Um, you know, I'll miss a dive in a practice and he'll just like roast me in front of all the other coaches <laughs> about it. Um, it's, it's, it's a good dynamic. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's, he's hilarious. Uh, like, I'm not totally sure if I have a specific example um yeah no i'm i'm not sure if i have a specific story that can highlight that but it's because it's kind of all the time really yeah uh, yeah so yeah but well i think whenever you're with a coach that you just click like that like it's not one story it's the whole story like it's everything you do exactly like that you remember so yeah i i understand what you're saying that's awesome that's incredible you have that relationship with him that's great and, you know, we've said this on the podcast. I'm sure Jack knows this, but I'm going to say it again. Patrick is the most recent diver to win all three boards at nationals. 
I mean, it's it's been a hot minute. I mean, Patrick isn't uh, isn't a spring chicken anymore, but he no doubt can talk the talk and walk the yeah. walk. He was incredible at diving. Uh, my next one here, what are some of the things you're working on now to take your diving even further to the next level? Yeah, so I'm I'm trying to become a front inward person, uh, which is <laughs> goes against everything I've, you know, been been doing up until this point. Um, you know, I'm I was the backing gainer guy, but when you miss inward your first dive at uh winter nationals and it costs you the meat, uh, you know, you really you want to buckle down on not land on your back on that dive um and so try really trying to like spot it and and feel the tip in the right spot and get the get the start right um is yeah it's that's the priority probably right now um and so especially with like how strength training in college goes like i've gotten significantly stronger than i was as a junior diver and when i'm finishing front and inward way higher than I ever have my muscle memory for like what the right kickout is yeah. isn't correct in that scenario and so going over has been like very challenging for me I've been like landing on my back pretty consistently on a lot of the front and inward spinners um and so going into a meet and knowing like hey you have to either compensate for that or you know do whatever like it's just too much to think about and it needs to it needs to get more consistent for me what uh, what worked for my uh, college teammate was he just added a somersault. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, 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 I can't not laugh because I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> he he couldn't he couldn't spot well, but he could no. flip really really fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like no way, dude. You're you're smoking crack. Like I'm not doing inward five and a half or oh, four and dude. a half. Uh, <laughs> I'll never forget. Oh, that front four and a half he did arm flapping standing chucks it goes long it's like what are you doing dude like yeah like we're sitting here talking about this one kid and like jack he was just so insanely physically talented like insanely physically talented (laughs) but my god he couldn't spot like aaron told us about (laughs) aaron told us about a time they were on training trip and he was like he had to do what was it like standing front one and a half and he would just smack every time and it's like what Dude, he he was so scared to do full out on three meter that he did it on one meter first. What in the <laughs> world? Oh my god! He is a lunatic. Shout out Tyler. Miss you, buddy. yeah. T- yes. <laughs> um. All right. So now I'm actually really excited for this question for you, Jack. What are you studying in school, and what do you hope to do after diving is done for you? Yeah. So plans like post graduation, post diving career. I really have no idea. Um. I, I kind of, I kind of, I'm leaning towards doing something in technology, um, you know, but I'm not totally sure what, um, but I'm still unofficially, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm still officially undeclared um, at Stanford. So I haven't declared my major, but I have to do that by the end of this year. And so that's coming up soon for me. Uh, and I'm, I'm planning on declaring symbolic systems as my major, um, which is a, it's a Stanford specific major. Um, and so you can't, can't study that anywhere else, but it's, it's computer science, linguistics, math, philosophy, psychology, and statistics um, kind of like wrapped up into one field. Um, and so you can pretty much do anything. And that's one of the reasons why I like it is, you know, I can't indecisive on exactly where I want to go, what I want to do. So I might as well study the thing that 
and get me the most options. Um, but I really like it. Uh, there's a large emphasis on the computer science aspect of it, um, which I'm really into. Um, but it's not limiting in the sense that you're stuck to being like a software engineer when you leave. Um, right. And so having those the, a plethora of options at your disposal when you leave because of what you've studied is that was the, the biggest attractor uh, of the major. Wow. Um, yeah. And then I actually have one follow up real quick, Aaron, before we jump into these. So we, we've been asking this question from some people and I, and it's a question I really love. Like, honestly, I just feel like it needs to become Aaron's fourth signature question is what would you yeah. tell to a young diver who's aspiring to be great? Ooh, um, definitely. Uh, that when I was younger, I struggled a lot with, with the fear component of a lot of learning new dives and like getting stuff off. Um, and especially like with, with Jack and Jen and getting me through all of the buildups to dives before I do it, um, I would, I would emphasize the, the buildups, um, more than anything. Uh, like if you can do a good reverse double on one meter, like that 305 is going to come way easier for you on three and, or even a standing reverse one and a half on one meter, like getting the kick out, right. Um, just like building all of the components up before you try to combine them is definitely the easiest way to eliminate that fear. Cause you know, you know, within yourself that you're capable of doing each individual okay. piece and all you have to do now is string them together. Awesome. Thank you. I, uh, when you were mentioning your major, I had that scene in a beautiful mind just playing through my head, just <laughs> math, numbers, symbols, like craziness. Um, but I feel like I already know the answer to this question. I'm going to ask it anyway, and it's not on the prompt here, but outside of school, which I'm sure takes an immense amount of time and then practice, which clearly, you know, you're killing it in the pool. So that's taking a lot of time. Do you have time for anything else? And what do you do with that time? Oh yeah, definitely. I have a great group of friends here outside of diving at Stanford and spending time with them and uh, or with, with my teammates outside of the pool is, is definitely my like relax and get away kind of thing from both of those. Um, even though I would, I would say that school might be, um, might be a good break from diving, even though it is, um, it's intensive and, um, and rigorous, like the, the idea of having to focus all your energy onto something that isn't as stressful or maybe, physically draining as diving is, is definitely nice as well. So cool. Wait, Aaron, can you just take a moment to appreciate that? He just said Stanford education is less yeah. stressful than diving. Yeah. Look, like, man, <laughs> that's I'm, insane. I'm trying, I'm trying to sound as smart as I can. So I'm just like nodding along. Yep. Yeah. Sounds good. Yep. That's that's wild that you're like, that's a break from diving. I'm like, dude, you're crazy. That's, that's incredible. That, that just goes to show you what you're, you know, you're, what you're studying you're at least passionate about and you're interested in because you're enjoying it so that that's super great yeah i'm i'm very excited to finish out like the core requirements for this major and then getting in, into some uh some higher level stuff um yeah. you have to you have to do a concentration uh for symbolic systems and i'm i'm not totally sure what i'm gonna do um but one of them is is very appealing to me right now and it's nice. it's human computer interaction which is more like user interface um and like design oriented so huh. i'm not sure what job that's going to get me into but you know i'm i'm definitely i'm interested in doing that that's awesome that's, yeah that's that incredible. sounds really cool i mean yeah 
I could attempt to relate to that with our online store system, but uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that I'm going to sound smart doing it. So we're going to go on to our signature questions. Um, I All ask right. everybody, Jack, uh, we don't treat failure like it's a bad thing. We treat failure like an opportunity for growth. So yeah. from that perspective, what would you say your, your favorite failure is or your best opportunity for growth? I think in hindsight, uh, I'm, I'm going to go back to breaking my wrist. Um, it, it gave me a, a, a unique opportunity to be basically like, yeah, you can dive, but no, absolutely no hands first for, I think it was a, a span of maybe two, two and a half months. Um, and just the learning and developing my, my aerial awareness to my feet, um, and like learning how to, you, you know, you have to spot a front triple pike on one meter if you don't want to land on your butt or on your stomach. So you, you know, to, to be forced almost to develop that kind of sense for where I am in the air was it definitely, it changed the way that I, that I dove and how I felt dives happen and made my spotting way better and like the aerial awareness component, I think is, is understated sometimes. And there's a heavy reliance on spotting um, now in like modern diving, I would say like spotting, you know, you watch uh, like great Chinese divers do their front four and a half and you can see their head yeah. turn and face the water at every flip. And there's no way I'm going to be able to learn how to do that. I mean, that is amazing. Um, and so just feeling the way your way around those somersaults instead, I think that definitely is going to, going to be helpful when I'm learning those bigger dives. Yeah. yeah. I think I saw a video of um, Luke Hernandez spotting. It was just a front two and a half pike off. Yeah. Him. But, yeah. but again, he's was, really good can, at that as well. You can see his head moving. You're like, wow. Okay. I've never actually seen that like done. So, um, so dramatically you know i'm sure people yeah. can do that with their eyes but you know when you see the the head actually moving it's like holy cow that's pretty cool um all right so i always ask whatever diving arena you come from how can they improve so from the ncaa perspective how do you feel like the ncaa could improve yeah i think this is a, a generally held sentiment amongst divers uh where like as well as with high school diving um, it's kind of a shame that diving is kind of like a sidelined experience to like the swimming aspect of some of these bigger meets. Um, like I've literally heard parents refer to our competitions that we like are training every day, all day for our lives for as the diving break. Um, yep. you know, it's, it's, you know, Oh, like time to go out and, you know, go to the bathroom or get a snack. It's the diving break. Um, and it's, it's almost like our sport is kind of an intermission, um, to the main events and, I know that swimmer or sorry, swimming is like an, it is a far more popular sport and it unintentionally like takes the spotlight. Um, but I think in some senses like that attitude kind of pushes the two sports apart more than it brings them together. Um, and I'm not totally sure how something like that can be resolved. Um, yeah. I know that my, my swim team here at Stanford does like a really good job about making a good effort to stay and watch me compete um, and my, watch my teammates compete um, instead of like just up and leaving the pool deck. Um, and it, it really makes you feel like you're part of a real team rather than just like a sideshow. 
Yeah. yeah. And my next question was, what could we do to help those improvements? But honestly, like I might just hype us up a little bit. Like we can do more, you know, the, the podcast can do more. We can be more vocal about, Hey, you know, we love this sport. Look at how cool it is. This is really fun. You know, obviously the fantasy diving might bring some more um, eyeballs or whoever it might be, but I think yeah. you, you nailed it. I mean, for so long and so many different um, categories, diving is viewed as kind of the break for swimming and it's unfortunate, but um, the other, the other thing I wanted to actually shout out, I don't know if it's foul play um, shouting out another California team, but uh, the Cal parents, I was actually really impressed mm -hmm. with them sticking around, mm -hmm. sticking around for their tower diver. I mean, they were, they were like living and dying with him diving and I was here for it. It was really mm -hmm. dang cool. I mean, Cal's won the national championship last couple of years. Last year, they won it without any diving. And then, you know, they bring a diver here and he did really well. And it was just like pretty special to see the swimming parents really embrace their one athlete. And he scored points for their team. So it was, it was also kind of yeah. like heartwarming, like, you know, mm -hmm. they had a giant hole at an entire event. Mm -hmm. They did what they could to kind of fill that hole. And not only did he do well, but everybody on the team and the fans there at least their parents were supporting him it was it was cool I liked that yeah no that was that was super nice to see uh, and and Josh is a great kid and coming to NCs by yourself especially like can already feel kind of isolating if you don't have any other teammates coming with you and that was the Cal parents there at that meet it was definitely really nice and heartwarming to see yeah I, I kept joking with Aaron the whole time I was like deep down I was like I want I didn't care who won the national championship as a team. I was like, but I'd be perfectly okay with Cal winning if they won by the exact amount of points that Josh scored for them. I was like, that would be yeah, exactly. perfect. <laughs> like I would love that, but um, no, that, that just, yeah, I, I agree. Aaron. I think we got to figure out a way to keep doing more. I think part of it too, like we were sitting behind the Arizona state parents the whole time. They don't have, they didn't have any divers there. And it's like, we should have just looked at them and like, Hey, stick around for the first three rounds of diving. And like, let's just cheer for some people. Like we're cheering for your kids. Yeah. We can uh, recruit some fans. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so Jack here, um, what's your favorite drill? It can be water, dry land, whatever you want it to be. I don't know if I have a favorite, um, but the one that's been, there's, there's a handful that have been like the most helpful for me, um, standing fronts on three meter. So standing one five B and standing one Oh seven C, um, both need, uh, some, you know, good starts, uh, on the takeoff. Uh, and that has really, those two especially have helped my, my front takeoff, um, get a lot better. And then, the other one that I would say is is probably the most helpful for me is I do a rolling back lineup on the one meter platform. Um, so I not not off of the literal one meter. I stack two two or three panel mats on the end and then do a rolling back lineup. So it's like a one and a half meter maybe, mm -hmm. um, but it's just the right height so that you can get the feeling of hey, this is a fast back I kick like out that. for like a three hundred seven or a two hundred five. Um, without having to do a whole, you know, back one and a half or some other lead up into it. Um, and I think that it's, it's, it's nice to have that low time to complete the finish because yeah. on three meter, like a rolling back line of tuck, I mean, you have enough time to like leave your hands there and do a full back kickout skill yeah. um, versus this one. You gotta, you gotta get moving. 
Yeah, I, I actually just wrote that down because one of my one of my men at male athletes, he like struggled all year with like he could get his hands to here on a 205 and like he just could and he'd get them through every now and then and it'd be so good. And I'm like, oh, I need to think of so that was a good one. That'll help a ton. Yeah. Um yeah. best advice given and or received. And it doesn't have to just be for diving, it could be anything. I think it I think it will be for diving. Um, and this is actually recently um given advice um right after my one meter final at nc's a couple weeks ago i got a text from one of my teammates who retired last year connor casey mm -hmm. um and he sent me a text and told me he said don't celebrate um you know the meet isn't over you still have a whole another event to get you know to get after um and you know you're experiencing this like emotional high and the next day when you show up, you're going to be drained already. So don't, don't let it linger. You know, you can have the moment on the podium. And then after that, you just got to move on. Um, and I, I will admit I, it was, that was really hard for me to do. I was like laying in bed the night after and like smiling and couldn't, you know, couldn't get it off my face and couldn't get to sleep. Um, and the next day I didn't dive nearly as well as I did the day before. Um, and so Connor was undeniably right in, in giving me that piece of advice. Um, but it was, it's, it was interesting because I had never thought about like, Hey, when you win big, right. That feeling of like, Oh my God, I did it. And like all the, you know, the work that you've put in leading to, to something like that, you know, some big accomplishment, it's, it's hard to, to move on and get after it the next day after that. So. Yeah. I, th I think that's, that's incredible in my opinion, that's incredible advice. And I don't even think Aaron and I, I think Aaron and I did talk about this off air, but when you actually go back and look at your finals event, I actually think you had the highest judges average on all your scores. So, so meaning like technically, in my opinion, you maybe had the best overall meet. It was just a DD factor as to what kind of got you there. And it's like, that's exciting to see. Cause it's like, Honestly, I, we, I don't know who messaged us, but we got it so wrong because for some, I don't know why, for some reason we thought you were a senior and it has to be like <laughs> mom or someone because it's definitely like a, a young photo of you. And they're like, uh, Jack is a sophomore. He's got two <laughs> years. My mom, yeah. <laughs> and we're like, all right, we'll correct. And we corrected that. But like, that makes me so excited uh, for the next few years. Um, who would you like to hear us interview next? I would love to see you guys get pat on, um, but you, you'd probably have to schedule um, like a feature length episode because he can just go on and on about diving. Um, <laughs> and he's, he's a great coach. Like as, as mentioned earlier, uh, he's got, he's got the stories and the experience from some crazy meets and, and knows how to like, he knows about overcoming adversity and, and all this. I think that that would be, that'd be super interesting to have him on. We, we actually just got that one lined up, I think, right, Aaron? Yep. Yep. He's coming on. Nice. Oh, he didn't even tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and then um, the last question for me here, Jack, is what question are we not asking that we should be asking? Here's something that I actually, I, I think is, it's like a weird quirk that diving has. Um, and it's the list order of dives. Um, yeah. I, I find it, I find it strange because everyone has their own individual mm -hmm. strengths, right? Like front kid or back kid. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, it still seems like regardless of that, everyone's order kind of lines up. Um, like everyone does like a back or an inward first round and then ends with, you know, a twister. Um, and I'm not, I'm not totally sure like what it is about 
the sport itself that makes those dives align in that way. You know, like how many there there's got to be tons of ways to organize six dives into a into a list, and yet everyone still kind of follows the same regiment of that that order. Like gainers round four for some reason, it's always yeah. a reverse in round four. Um, so I don't know. I think that would be interesting to to investigate a little further. I, I like it. I like it. We'll add that one. That's, um, a, good just, That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Just a uh, reminder out there for our listeners, if you have camps or clinics this summer and you wish for us to uh, advertise those for you, just shoot us over a message on Instagram or on email that Aaron will give you here in a little bit. But uh, from me, Jack, thank you so much. I've been looking forward to uh, to this one for a while and especially coming off that NCA performance. I'm really excited to see what uh, what happens for you, hopefully, hopefully at the uh, national championships in May and then hopefully further on at some bigger meets and our goal is to be there next year. I believe it's IUPUI. So the goal is to be there next year, cheering and screaming again. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. This has been awesome. Yeah, no worries. Uh, a couple of house clean, cleaning things. Uh, again, dive into diversity, April 28th, 29th, 30th, hosted by USA Diving and AAU Diving. Reach out to us or Diane Mays for all that info. Um, also, our Moss Farms 2028 and Beyond Showdown. Again, all those fun events, the one dive challenge, the high scorecard challenge, the daily rip contest that is going down May 27, 28 and 29 in Moultrie, Georgia. Make sure you get over to the Moss Farms diving website, get signed up for that event. Um, I will be seeing Jack next at the spring nationals, USA diving spring nationals. I believe there's a last chance qualifier kind of Tuesday, the 16th before it all kicks off on, I believe Thursday, the 18th through the 24th of May. So I get a little back-to-back trip there going from WVU down to Moultrie, Georgia, seeing all kinds of high level diving along the way. So um, hit us up on Instagram. We are at the diving pod. Our email is the diving pod at gmail.com t-shirts and hoodies still for sale. Diving enter dive pod at checkout. That's free shipping. But um, Jack, I wanted to say thank you again. This has been circled for a while after I saw you smoke back two and a half at winter nationals. <laughs> it was like, okay, I'm a fan of this guy. Let's get him on. That'd be really cool. So appreciate it, man. Of course. Thank you so much. All right. We'll see you next time.